Grab your coffee. And clear your cash. It's time for the next episode of Grande, Grande Texpectations. This podcast is run by Onslow DLT, and your hosts today are Sachelle Dorenkamp and Aaron Holland. And we are very excited that we are going to be joined by two of our favorite oh my gosh. members of our PLN. They are so amazing. We met on the Twitterverse. Mm-hmm. Well, has it been like two years now? At it's, least, yeah. Like for a while, we've been doing things together through Twitter and some Microsoft stuff. And we met in real life, was it February this mm-hmm. past year? Mm-hmm. And they are just wonderful. Yeah. So if you are on Twitter, you need to do yourself a favor and you need to follow Jenny Long mm-hmm. and Salee Clark. Yes, immediately. So here, we'll give you <laughs> a second go find them yeah open up your twitter app right now (laughs) and go ahead and hit your search and jenny is at jlo731 that's jenny long and you can find her at jlo731 and then salee is at salee s-a-l-l-e-e Clark, C-L-A-R-K. So find Salee at Salee Clark. And together, they make the dynamic duo that is known as Jenna Lee. <laughs> so make sure to follow Jenna Lee on Twitter as well. It is at J-E-N-A-L-L-E-E-1. Yes, seriously. So for some great ideas and tips and tricks, how-tos, um, you won't regret it. Again, stop immediately, get on Twitter, <laughs> and pause. follow these ladies. So we have been talking about our lessons learned during remote learning in Onslow County. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we wanted to have Jenny and Salee on with us today is because we wanted to see what was happening and what lessons are being learned outside of Onslow County. Because this was a worldwide worldwide phenomenon that occurred pandemic y'all whole world yeah so we wanted to see what was going on in texas Mm -hmm. and we again are so thankful to these awesome ladies for joining us ladies we're gonna let you two introduce yourselves all right well um my name is jenny long and i'm Celie clark and we are Jenny! <laughs> we are instructional technologists with Eagle Mountain Saginaw Independent School District, which is a little bit north of Fort Worth, Texas. And we service over 21,000 students. We have 27 schools this year. We're opening a brand new elementary school. Nice. And we, we think we have the best job ever. We get to go in classrooms and work with teachers and model lessons. We do PD and, um, you know, just get to... Um, work with students and still get to train and work with teachers. Uh, We are a Microsoft district, so um, we do a lot with um, all the Microsoft tools, and uh, we just love what we do. So, um, Sichelle and I were excited to meet Jenny and Salee for the first time when we were at FETC this past year, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have known each other virtually for quite a while um, since we are Microsoft District as well. Um, They have been part of our PLN for a while now, thanks to Twitter. If you're an educator and you're not on Twitter, do yourself a favor and and join join the party. Yeah, get on Twitter. Um, So 
ladies, what we've been doing is we've been talking to some people in our own district about the lessons that we learned during remote learning and how that is kind of shaping our decisions and shaping education moving forward. So can y'all tell us a little bit about the remote experience since since y'all are in a different state, how that was moving into remote and then Mm -hmm. those lessons that y'all were able to glean from that experience? Sure. So in the spring last year, we over spring break we were we went out on spring break and then as we were getting ready to come back uh we got a phone call on thursday saying no girls we're not coming back we are going to distance learning and we're gonna tell all of our teachers today and you guys are gonna train them (laughs) so we were like okay so actually i think we got a week off first and then um for you know we thought we were gonna come back at the end of that week and they said no and so then we began quickly figuring out how we were going to equip all the teachers in our district uh, for remote learning. And our district is not one-to-one, and so a lot of them don't have uh, materials in an online place or an LMS, and so a lot of them had to quickly figure it out and learn on the fly and, you know, just really figure out how to do school and how to do learning. have this yeah, no, I'm sorry. What does your um, digital environment look like? Are you two to one? How, how does that look in your area? Well, I guess four years ago when Jenny and I came in, or five years now, I guess, we're in the fifth year. Yeah, we're in our fifth year. So four years ago when we uh, came into Eagle Mountain, um, there was no uniform uh, plan for bringing in devices. So every school kind of had their own devices depending on their PTA or what the teachers had purchased um, and so there, we weren't one-to-one nor did we have um, devices assigned hmm. um, within two years of us being there or maybe the first year, the first year. they um, came up with a plan to um, roll out devices um, equitably equitably is how you say that word <laughs> to be equitable <laughs> and so I, we loved that and we were so proud of what EMS did and having that many students over 20,000 it's very expensive mm-hmm. uh, to purchase that many devices mm-hmm. so we did a three year plan um, they started with actually adding Promethean boards to every single classroom over the summer oh, wow. uh, which amazing mm-hmm. and then um, they did a cart um, per grade level for elementary um, each year so essentially it, they were hoping to get to a three to one um, or three students to one device or one device to three students yeah but <laughs> over distance learning back in the spring they purchased over 10,000 or we lease our devices actually mm-hmm. so we we got 10,000 devices so our secondary is now one-to-one oh, so nice. ultimately we would love to see like a cart per classroom mm-hmm. um, but right now I feel like it's you know they, they're going to have one per grade level and then they'll within the grade level kind of determine where the cart goes and, and who gets to use it but in elementary in elementary yeah. Yeah. and are the de- oh sorry some no. of our teachers the carts were already there so we were like yeah oh yeah nice. yeah in their classroom so um are the devices uniform from or is it a hodgepodge we, well, elementary, um, really more like a K-3 uh, uses the iPads, um, but we like to encourage them to, you know, share because sometimes there's times when upper grades might need an iPad for creation and there's times mm-hmm. when the lower grades need to use keyboards. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there are fourth, fourth and fifth have 
a small Dell two to one two in one convertible um, laptop, and then our secondary has a little bigger model, but it's a another Dell um, two touch screen two in one. Oh, that's uh, awesome! Device. Yeah, yeah, they're mm-hmm. really nice. Cool. Great. So what what was the atmosphere like um, since the secondary was moving to one-to-one um, and then just kind of this whole new idea of what education is? How did your teachers take to that? I mean, I'm sure that y'all were a great resource, but just curious how it looked in another district. Well, it's, and I think that's the hurdle that we've always had is every time we would go to say, this is all great, um, but we just don't have a husband in person and, you know, the, the communication has really been out there yet because it all happened. And so, um, all this information, they'll be excited when we get in person again, you know, they not realize all the devices we have. But during this time of everyone staying at home, students will be able to check out a device if they don't have um, that access at home, too. So we're trying to figure out who needs Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. um, you know, who needs devices still. We were super proud of our teachers. Uh, we were amazed at how quickly they jumped on board, figured it out, and they were helping each other, helping mm-hmm. us, like creating materials even for us to share with their with other people that were dealing with the same thing. I mean, they really um, took charge and did an amazing, amazing job um, having to get ready in two days. So, I mean, yeah. we were just blown away by their... Um, perseverance through all of this yeah we saw very much the same thing and I think that's kind of the nature of the profession I mean even when things are consistent they're never consistent right so I think (laughs) teachers as as much as we don't like to change we're great at adapting to new circumstances because we felt the same way about our teachers they just you know, they learned so much so quickly, mm-hmm. things that before they had said they would never be able to do, they were doing it in just a day or two. And um, I really, if I had a student in our school system, I would have really felt confident that our teachers would have been able to provide my child with everything they need. And I'm sure y'all feel the same way about your teachers. I'm curious what you all used to deliver your um your lessons and materials through virtual learning, like what tech tools and, and things did you all use? Well, we actually, um, we we held uh, trainings two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, twice a day at like 10 and 2, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, and we did it through Microsoft Teams. So we use Teams as our platform for um, doing all, all of our professional development. Mm-hmm. And we put together all of Sources in and we did we did wakelets on um, you know teams meetings and just you know anything all the Microsoft products you know everything um, in their Microsoft suite and I mean in the spring we pretty much said use whatever you've been using so there wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. a uniformity across the district it was like we don't want you to change anything we want you to continue teaching in the way that you've been teaching if you haven't been using something we encourage you to use Teams or Canvas those are kind of our two mm-hmm. go to platforms. Um, however, now coming into the fall, our district has actually said, okay, secondary will be campus and elementary will be teams. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, we are super excited about that because we are uh, huge fans of Microsoft Teams, uh, but both platforms will be using the Teams meetings uh, feature. Um, so even in Canvas, they're going to use Teams meetings. 
and they're being very um, cautious of not introducing new things. So they want mm-hmm. us to stick with those two as our platforms. So I think there was a lot of confusion from, you know, a parent side. Of, yeah. I have four kids, like myself, yeah. and which this one's using this and this one's using this. And, you know, everyone's doing something different. So we really want to standardize that mm-hmm. and then not um, overload teachers with, with new things, you know, throwing at them right now. Yeah. We're also standardizing how to use those platforms as far as like a template is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, I have one son who was in eighth grade last year taking eight classes all in Canvas, but going to different places in Canvas for every single class. Mm-hmm. And so even that was like, okay, wait, how is this teacher organized? Where is it at? And so um, something we've done this last week is standardize, create templates in both platforms, Teams mm-hmm. and in Canvas to help each class kind of be laid out the same so parents can quickly access materials or access the lessons or contact information so it's not different in every single class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. We're working on kind of similar, some consistency plans of Mm -hmm. use. Um, We don't use Canvas. We're just in Teams. Um, But making sure that teachers are using Teams in a similar way so that a student is familiar with where to find everything as they navigate their classes, and especially for the parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, ladies, um, what are just some of the either highlights or maybe even the low points, but those lessons that you learned in the spring that are going to guide you and your teachers into the fall? I think uh, communication and consistency is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, you know, like I said, I now have four kids, so it was different communication uh, sometimes. And, you know, we have a couple that were real consistent in the things they did. And, um, you know, we just love seeing how my second grader just got on teams and he just figured it out and everything. So, um, you know, taking some of those experiences that, um, that worked really well and you know, moving forward as we make our, um, you know, how our, uh, what do we call it? Um, student orientation. Yeah, yes, and the student orientation and then kind of the um, best practices. Yeah, but we're, not, yes. practices. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to come up with the right word still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like we, you know, in the tech world, we use best practices because for us, thinking of technology, this is the best way to use it. Mm-hmm. But in the teaching world, they also use best practices to talk about teaching strategy. So we don't want to name it that. We're trying to come up with new names. I also think um, a key part was connecting with our students and making sure they're okay socially and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my son's teachers was really good. Um, our father-in-law, or his grandfather, my son's grandfather, passed away um, in the middle of all of this. And she just took time just to call him and just mm-hmm. check in on him through teams to see how he's doing. And um, she knew it was a hard time. And I just think this is going to be huge for us in the fall coming into yeah. not being in school for the last two, six weeks. And then now not being in school for the first six weeks right. and coming into a whole new class. Like how are we going to make those connections and, and really build that classroom camaraderie uh, in a remote situation. And we learned as far as um, applicable lessons, you know, we loved using Flipgrid, you know, things like that and seeing, you know, my fourth grader, she just went to town every day. We had mm-hmm. they had a morning message that the teacher would send to the kids, and then the kids could respond back. And so I pulled up her uh, Flipgrid portfolio and just watched all of her videos. And I'm just amazed at her personality mm-hmm. and just her being able to express herself. And mm-hmm. she has some bit of a not comprehension 
delay, but just, you know, some things are a little bit harder for her. So she's loved using like the dictation and she loved Flipgrid nice. because she was able to express herself orally. Mm-hmm. And then whenever she would have to type or respond for a writing prompt or something, she would immediately go to Word online or to OneNote and use the dictation pieces in there. Once she found that, she was like going to town. So um, I loved, you know, seeing her utilize those tools. And then OneNote, I just let her go. And my high schooler too she she actually has dyslexia and so she was loving OneNote and using the OneNote clipper finding articles pulling them into OneNote and annotating and things like that so just mm-hmm. I loved seeing and being with my kids during the learning time and being able to help them and I wish I could have done it more I know, but it was just a neat time to be able to sit and learn and teach them I think my son's favorite tool during the time was Edge Microsoft Edge mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, Canvas only has immersive reader in pages, and that mm. is it. So it's not in assignments, and it's not in um, announcements or anything else he may access, but Edge will read everything. Yeah. So he would go to Edge and have it read to him. But his favorite part was actually uh, the ability to ink within mm-hmm. Edge. And so a lot of times teachers would give him PDFs, and instead of printing it out and doing it, he would just pull it up right on the screen on our surface, and he would ink on it, save it, and then turn it in. Um, and so I think that was um, a big piece for him. So every week in math, that is how we did our math work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. That's awesome. So thinking about um, not just this coming year, but kind of the future of education, how do y'all think our worldwide experience in the spring will impact education moving forward? Well, I think teachers are going to um, be much more comfortable with technology and, and tools that they've been exposed to for sure. And I think like even from our experience, hopefully moving more to a one-to-one situation, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can <laughs> teach like this now on more of a regular basis and not and be more comfortable and not be afraid to try new things. And I think that comfort level is going to really um, help them. But I I hope and pray we go back in person very soon Mm -hmm. because I miss people. But I'm just really excited for um, our teachers in the future with our students because I think Mm -hmm. they're going to really open up their eyes uh, to a lot of more things they can do with their kids, for sure. I hope two things come. I hope one, we realize how important people are, like Jenny was saying. Like, um, I mean, we, we've always been, we always knew that building relationships is the first thing we ever do in a classroom and the foundation of how we connect with that student and help that student learn. Mm-hmm. But I just think this brings a whole new light into the truth of that. And so I hope that um, that is taken into account. But I also hope that we open our eyes to looking at education differently, like allowing yeah. uh, different things to happen or um, learning in different ways and not being scared of it because mm-hmm. we know we can learn in different ways and we can teach in different ways. Um, so being creative with how we teach and how we um, do school. So Yeah, yeah. good. All good points, yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, one of the things for us, as educators is we love when we see our students being resilient yeah and as you know as terrible as this situation was it was very nice to see how resilient not just our students are but our teachers when it comes to having to make that quick change like that's Mm -hmm. kind of my hope you know for the future of education is that we remember this resiliency and that we keep going but I was thinking um so Shell and I are both at middle schools 
like had this happened when I was in middle school, I think about what y'all are saying about the importance of people in those contacts. Like yeah. we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> No, what we would have done, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. Because at least our kids can still connect with social media and phones and all of that. And exactly. I'm like, I'm a senior, yes. and I'm like, oh, and Celie has a freshman, like making those relationships, yeah. and then my senior having those last memories. I'm like, yeah, oh, like I can't. Yeah. I guess you would have had to go up to the school and pick up a packet Packets. and then go home and like. Yeah. You it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. right. Call you, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. Well, maybe the party line. You know, <laughs> 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 line too, if you don't get that busy. But I think about if it was teachers, like as, as a school, we still had virtual staff meetings. We had, you know, some meetings that were just for fun that weren't really school related. So we were able to very much stay in connection and contact as a staff. I can't imagine, like, had this been 20 years ago. Yeah. How lonely people would have felt. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of hope that this is shedding some light on the importance of the profession, like how important education is, how we need to fund it, how we need to get technology into the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it's opening some people's eyes about just, Mm -hmm. just how important education is, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think parents appreciate teachers. Be a little more <laughs> I know I do, and I am a teacher. <laughs> there were some great memes and videos yeah. that came out of all that with parents <laughs> being at home with their students. Uh, that was yeah. priceless. Um, Christmas gifts are going to be great this year. Yes. <laughs> so, ladies, when is your first day back officially remotely? Well, we were back on contract this past Monday, okay. um, so we came back to work, and we actually were allowed to work from home, so we have mm-hmm. been working with our team of 10 um, on a team's meeting every day, and we have been tasked with um, some training that we're going to have to do you know, with our teachers and um, principals and admin and everything next week and the next few weeks, so we've been developing all of that um, online and working together in small groups to get that together, but our first day of school was supposed to be August 18th for mm-hmm. students. But we pushed that back to the 20th um, to give a few more days of training for teachers. So our first day for um, students will be August 20th, but teachers will return on August 7th. New teachers come back on August 3rd, but uh, August 7th is the new teacher day. Now, we're not sure if they have to report in person or we've heard kind of both. Mm -hmm. Right. And we don't Mm -hmm. know. Right now, we're saying we're going to do remote learning for seven weeks according to our county, our Mm -hmm. county. Uh, But... It could change. It could be longer. It could be less. We yeah. were kind of just uh, hanging in there day by day waiting yeah. to see. That is that is the interesting part in all of this is yeah. that we don't know, you know, yeah. what tomorrow or next week or next month looks like. Um, so it is going to keep us on our toes for sure. Um, but, ladies, I just cannot tell you how appreciative Sichelle and I are Absolutely. that you two joined us today um i wish we had gotten to see each other at isti i know <laughs> oh. well, i'm so scared it's going to be canceled in november i I'm know like, I yeah. Even think about it yeah. it hurts my heart too much hey, <laughs> we did apply for tcea though so if it's running <laughs> here's hoping that we'll be down there yes we'd love that yeah <laughs> so yes. we will see y'all irl again <laughs> sooner or later. 
Um, But again, thank you so much for joining us on an episode of Grande Expectations. We really appreciate it. And we will see you both in the Twitterverse. All right. You're so welcome. It was so great to see your beautiful faces. And good luck. We hope you have an amazing year. And we will definitely stay in touch. Yay. Yay. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Okay. So, again, we are so, so thankful to Jenny and Salee for joining us today. Yes. Um, Again, like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you are not following them on Twitter, stop what you're doing right now and add them to your professional learning network. Immediately. Get on there immediately. They tweet out great tips, tricks, Mm -hmm. and helpful advice, um, especially if you are a Microsoft user like we are. Mm -hmm. They're very involved on Twitter and share some great stuff. So, until next time, this has been another episode of Grande Tech Expectations.